This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Hey, everyone. Welcome back into another week. Brand new show, Michael Wall Show. We're going to have a great show this week talking about a lot of things that are going to affect your life. So I want to welcome you in from wherever you're listening all over the world. It's been amazing as we've continued to do these shows each and every week to share in thought and insight. And we're just having a lot of feedback. Uh, we've got a lot of interaction on our Facebook page. In fact, uh, a lot of you I know connected on the last uh, short video that I shared and the idea of kind of working through things and kind of really being efficient in life, very, very important. So if you're not doubting, make sure you go to Facebook and check out Michael Wall Show. Just search Michael Wall Show on Facebook. That last video, Randy, that I put up there had almost 78,000 views. So we're really connecting with people. Wow. And it's been uh, it's been really pretty cool. You know, the other thing that I'm going to challenge you, if you're listening via radio, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Go to michaelwallshow.com on your uh, phone, and you can subscribe right there if you have an iPhone. If you prefer, just search Michael Wall Show in your favorite podcast app on your phone. we got a great show, Randy, coming up. We do, and we're going to talk a little bit about this time of year, and a lot of people hate taxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have some things that people would rather do than actually do their taxes. So mm. we've got some fun stuff along those lines. There was, you know, we've talked about this in the past, the fiduciary ruling. There has been a ruling about that ruling, and we're going to share what that means to you coming up a little bit later uh, on. Fiduciary is not, has nothing to do with blueberry. Mm -mm. It's, it's kind of rhymes, fiduciary, yeah. blueberry, whatever. We're going to talk about it, dial it in, and keep it simple. Also going to talk about what type of advice you would give to yourself. Uh, Randy will soon be 85 <laughs> minus However, 47. I look very, very young for my age. <laughs> he looks super young. I really do. But, uh, you know, we're talking about what type of advice, if you could go back and give your younger self some advice, what would it be and why should it be that? I'm going to talk about that. And it's interesting. I had a great uh, interview uh, a little while back with Sammy Hagar at his studio, Sammy and I. Uh, in his studio, and that was one of the questions that I asked Sammy, so we might even pop that in there for you as a little special added bonus. Hey, by the way, before I jump into the first motivational segment, just if you're new to the show, I know we've had a lot of subscribers, new subscribers here over the course of the last couple of weeks, and I want to uh, just say welcome, number one. Number two, I want to give you a little overview and a flow of the show. I know it's a little longer setting it up than normal here, but Typically, every first segment, it's motivation. So I want to share thought and idea to help you get motivated to live life on purpose and live with purpose, add value to others. How do you do that? So different motivational thoughts each first segment. Then a lot of times, because many of you may or may not know, uh, I'm in the wealth field. I've been in the wealth field for about 17 years. I have a private wealth firm where we help people protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. I also have a consulting company. We help businesses with their needs there, and we have a couple other things, written a few books. So from that perspective, we have typically two segments or so, sometimes three of the show, where we're talking specific to financial things just to really help you gain knowledge and simplify what's going on out there in the financial world and uh, things that I think matter in general. So, and then from time to time, we'll have guests on. We've had a bunch of rock stars to uh, just celebrity types that have been on the show to business owners, health experts. So it's kind of all over the map, but a lot of fun each and every week. Well, let's dive in without further ado to the motivational segment today. And that is the idea of having an idea and taking that idea from an idea stage to success. So here's a question. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you said, you know what, man, I got a great idea. 
I remember back when I was in college, my buddy and I, we had the idea that we, you know, people are walking through the grocery store and you got your, you got your grocery carts. And of course at college, uh, we were poor. <laughs> so, Randy, I know you were wealthy. I was not, I was, I was poor in college. And so we're there, we're there in college, we're pushing our grocery cart and we're thinking to ourselves, man, wouldn't it be cool if you had a cup holder on your cart? That way, when you go and you get those 45-ounce drinks of whatever, which are extremely healthy from the gas station, kidding, of course, you can put it somewhere in your in your cart with you, and you can have it along with you. Well, it just so happens that was an idea, great idea, and we had never seen cup holders on golf carts, or, on, yeah, golf carts. Well, of course, they're always on golf carts, but on shopping carts anywhere. A couple years later... Guess what we found out, Randy? Somebody there, had the same idea. There, there <laughs> was, yeah, somebody had the same idea, and there were cup holders on the shopping carts. So I, it just made me think of that thought of a lot of times we have an idea in life. Hey, here's how. Here's what I can do to kind of add value. And a lot of times these ideas, if we're entrepreneurial in nature or, or even if we're not sometimes, the ideas come out of uh, solving a problem. You know, here's something that I'm using each and every day and it needs improved. And I think we can improve it this way or an idea for business that, you know, that it's just there's services being provided in a particular industry, but I think it, it can be improved. And so a lot of times those ideas come from a place of really wanting to improve what's going on out there in the world. Here's the problem. And I know probably many of you have experienced this. You have that idea and the idea goes from idea to death. And the reason is, is because you don't do anything. So how do you take an idea that you have all the way to execution and then that execution ultimately leads you to success? So that's what I want to talk about here just for a few moments. And I want, to, I want you to not forget this. So as you're listening to this, if you're listening via podcast, if you're listening in your car, then I'd wait until you can subscribe via podcast and, and, and then listen again because I want you to jot this down. And this idea is this. Don't miss this. Complexity is the enemy of execution. Complexity is the enemy of execution. And I think that's one of the first things that happens when we have an idea is, is we, okay, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. And, you know, a great way to do nothing is to try and do everything. So I'm going to challenge you to simplify what you're doing. Take that idea, whatever it is, and stay on just one phase of the idea. Don't compound it and say, well, once it's birthed, then it'll be this, and then it'll be this, then it'll be this, then it'll be this, and now you see this big blown out thing. As an idea, we're in a place where when I started doing what I was doing in the financial field back in 2001, I didn't think to myself, well, you know what? Okay, in 10 years, I'm going to be commentating and sharing advice on CNBC, Squawk Box. I didn't think that way. I didn't even, that wasn't even in my mind. But what I did have in my mind was the idea that I wanted to help people with their wealth. What just so happens that we continued to build on that small idea, at which grew from how do I help one client at a time, which grew to help, how do I help another client? How do I help another family? How do I help another family? How do I make sure we're paying attention with the portfolios? How do I make sure that we improve the portfolios? How do I make sure that we can, so these all built on themselves, that's part of execution, which then led to ultimate success. And all of a sudden in 2010, uh, you know, we get the call and we're invited to be on Squawk Box. Many of you have heard of Erin uh, Burnett. She's now on Outfront. That was my very first national interview, national media interview. 
And from that, it just continued to grow. You know, we ended up doing a lot of work with Liz Clayman on Fox Business, did a lot on Bloomberg, Domestic in Asia, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, et cetera. And then I ended up writing some of my own books. So the point is, if I would have thought of all of that, we've done motivational speaking, we've been involved in coaching of different companies, and blessed to continue to help families uh, in much higher levels build their wealth now all over the country. But if I would have been back to 2001 and said, okay, this is what I see, big picture, where we are today, uh, having a show in over 100 countries, all of these things, I, that wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to actually make that happen because it's too many things to do. And that's why complexity is the enemy of execution. And I want you to take your idea, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to write that idea down, and I want you to think of why you believe and write down why you believe the market once the idea. It's not necessarily whether you think the idea makes sense. It's whether the market wants the idea. And you might start out in soft, soft testing that idea, maybe on Facebook, just sending out some, some messages to friends or folks that you know and sharing your thought and idea, maybe in a message because you don't want to share it with everybody, but you're doing it in a way where you're getting feedback. And then you take that feedback and you take your notepad and you write down three or four or five people that can help you take your idea to the next level. People that have influence, maybe with a crowd that might want to buy or do and, and, and utilize what you have, but help you get it to the next level. And that's why they have Shark Tank as an example. That's why people, if you've ever seen Shark Tank, that's why people apply and go do that because they know they have an idea that's really, really great, but what they don't have is distribution. They don't have the ability to distribute that idea to the masses. And so, again, this is kind of a business coaching almost idea to execution to success session, but it doesn't have to be a business. It doesn't have to be a product that you sell. This might even be just the idea of you want to change the world. You know, we're very, very passionate on helping eradicate this whole sex trafficking industry. There's over 20 plus million kids in the world today that are in slavery. This is a huge problem, and it needs eradicated. And the only way that that happens is if good people do something. You know, we've heard it said before, the reason that evil grows is because good people choose to do nothing. Well, we're passionate about that. So maybe you're passionate about some type of an idea where you can add more value to other people's lives, and maybe that's your idea. Same thing. Look at some of the other charities. Look at businesses. Look at people that you can interact with. Make your notes. What can you be doing? Building your troops, whether it be on Facebook or Instagram. Use social media. It is, it is our new TV. Gary Vanderchuk said that, and I believe it. We're literally in a place where, you know, back in the, in the 60s, we had a couple channels, and, you know, that's we talked earlier where people would, you know, they'd get their TV. It looked like a piece of furniture. Remember those days? Well, now... Our phone is the new TV. It's not going away. I don't care if you like it or don't like it. That's irrelevant. The technology is not going away. And you have been blessed to have some type of a circle of influence. And when you tap into that circle of influence and you ask them your questions and responses based on your idea, then you can start to map out some type of a plan. But keep it simple. And the last thing that I'm going to share with you on this note as encouragement is you're going to suffer along the way. You're going to hit hardships. You're going to hit challenging times. And when those times happen and those times occur, don't, don't just play the old plum disease. Poor little old me. Oh, man. You know, well, I, I'm not as successful because, um, you know, I didn't have this and I didn't have. Listen, that's baloney. I started out at 16 years old. Nobody gave me anything. 
The best thing my parents gave me, my, the best thing my dad and mom gave me is two things. Number one, they showed me how to work hard, and they showed me that it was important for me to pay for my own stuff. And from that, the fortitude grew to continue to grow and do what we're doing today. So I'm going to tell you, you're going to run into the wall. You're going to run into challenging times. But it's not about running into challenging times and, and suffering times. It's about whether or not you decide to stay there. We all face face challenge, but whether or not you decide to mentally stay there is totally up to you. That's why you need to dial in each and every week to shows like this and other motivational things that are going to help you break through in your life to what you've been called to do. And I'm going to challenge you to reach out to us as as well. Go to leanonthewall.com. There's information we're sharing there. Or, uh, you know, you can reach out to us on Facebook and share some thoughts and insight as well. Michael Wall Show. Just search Michael Wall Show on Facebook. We'd love to hear what you're saying and what you want to hear because my goal is to share and add value to you, our listeners, all over the world. All right, Michael, do you ever bring your kids on an Easter egg hunt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I firmly believe that you can tell the direction a child is going in their life by how they behave at an Easter egg hunt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, back when, when my kids were small, parents didn't have phones to uh, videotape everything. They had great big boxes on their shoulders with VCR tapes in them, and they were looking at life through that little screen, and I always hated that. But I do have one little videotape of my youngest daughter at an Easter egg hunt. And so they all tell the kids to go, and she goes, and, you know, some kids are out there being very aggressive, and they're grabbing up everything. Other kids are very relaxed about things. My daughter found the kid that was the most aggressive, and she followed him. And every time he bent over to pick up an egg, his basket would tilt. And an egg would fall out. And she would grab the egg that fell out, and she just followed him around. And he did all the work. She got all the glory. And I said, there is a district manager in the making right there. Ah, I like it. I like it. Supervision, baby. Watching what's going on in the moment. That is that is the key. I like it. I like it. I like it. But well, you know, Easter. You, you, it, Easter is uh, it's, it's a great time of the year, no doubt about it. And it's, it's uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times in America, it's it's forgotten what it's all about and you know i'll tell you just just the whole purpose of christ coming and death burial resurrection you know and just that beauty of that story um and and you know that's that's kind of you know it's kind of our american culture what we've done is we've dumbed down things like christmas Mm -hmm. you know what's christmas about you know oh it's about gifts and about tree and about santa claus no it's not really that's what america has made it about that's what the that's what the culture's made it about, you know. But I mean, even even this whole uh, not not to get off on a tangent here, but even this whole, you know, ADBC, right? After death, before Christ. Well, that's time was def- divided by one person. Mm-hmm. And what's the world trying to do? What's what are they trying to do in the history books? They're trying to say BCE, before Common Era. Mm. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to say, well, you know, we don't want to talk about Christ anymore. We've done that for two thousand years, uh, so let's just throw that away. Well. You know, the Bible is still the number one selling book ever. And, uh, you know, as God says it, it's it always will be. So, you know, you're not going to get rid of it. But the world definitely tries to dumb down what, what the reality of it. And, you know, I look at that as truth in general. I mean, you look at laws and things. Uh, you know, Randy, this segment, we're talking about the whole idea of the fiduciary rolling. What is that? It's going to be overturned. And the fiduciary role, as you're listening to this out there, you might say, well, what does that mean? How does it apply to me? How does it apply to me? Well, if you're, if let, let me ask you this question. If you're there and you have money and it's being managed by someone besides yourself, so you have a portfolio, you have wealth, 
I don't care what your level of wealth is. It might be 50000 It might be $500 million. The number's irrelevant. But that money is managed by someone else, okay? Now you're in a place where they're giving you advice for your money, how, how you should manage your money, what you should do. You're following their advice. Well, there are some advisors that are fiduciaries, kind of a big word to some degree, uh, and some many that are not. Most are not. And the fiduciary basically is the idea that the advisor or the person giving you advice must act or share advice that aligns with the best interest of you. Now think about that for a minute. Here you are, you're investing your money, and someone is helping you with your money being managed. They're managing it. And this role basically says that this person has to now make investment decisions based on what is in the best interest of you. Now, when you go back, you say, well, geez, you know, I would think, what, doesn't everybody do that? Well, you would think that everybody does that. Unfortunately, we live in a world that we, well, I think we know oftentimes that isn't the case. But at least with the fiduciary role, there's a little bit higher standard. And so that role basically said if you were a fiduciary, you had to operate in that capacity. You had to operate in a place where you were giving advice in the best interest of the client, not in the best interest of yourself or your firm uh, to make the most money. And a lot, of, a lot of financial folks in the industry, a lot of brokers, folks out there, and, the, and a, a lot of them with big houses, big firms, you've heard the names, whether it be Wells or Merrill or, you know, whatever. Some are fiduciaries, some are not, but most are not. Most are brokers. And it's not just those two names, it's many others. And so what happens is, and I'm not picking them out, it's just this is important for you as a consumer to understand. I was just at a conference last week in Orlando, and Tony Robbins was there, and, you know, and he was talking about his book, uh, which discussed money and, and kind of going through that. And uh, one of the things that he talked about in his book as well is the idea and the importance of being a fiduciary. And he, he interviewed some of the top financial minds in the world. And, you know, so what happens is we need to make sure that we're in that place when we're getting advice. So now what's going on is basically that role was invoked. But because the role was too complex, remember I said complexity is the enemy of execution early in the previous segment. Because that role was kind of too complex, they've kind of kicked it to the side. You know, newsflash, you would have thought politics would come up with anything complex. <laughs> I mean, you know, am I the only one with it, Randy, or what? Well, I, I think that in many things, when we take a look at what government wants to do, the intent is very good. The execution and the complexity, just like what you said in the first segment, muddles everything up. Everybody yeah. takes sides, yeah. and nothing gets done. Well, and it becomes more about what can I package in this bill right. that will serve... Uh, the, my constituents, as opposed to what is the best thing for the overall country, right? Now, for, for full disclosure, just so you know, as you're listening to this, we have operated as a fiduciary for a long time. I have a fee-only firm. I have, a, I have an insurance company. We have several different companies. But at the end of the day, so we, we have had that fiduciary hat on for quite some time. So to me, it's, it's, it's no big deal. I know the industry in general, a lot of brokers, a lot of folks in the industry have said, oh my goodness, I, you know, I, I wish this role wasn't going to be passed. It's going to change the way we make money and all of these things. And so they were kind of sweating about it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's good. It is really is a good thing for consumers that people act in the best interest. But Randy, you and I both know, and this is important to our listeners out there. You and I both know that even if somebody is told that they're supposed to do something, doesn't necessarily mean that they do. Yeah, I think that uh, people say they might be a fiduciary, but they certainly may not act like that fiduciary. 
And the reason that's important is because you, you literally need to be in a place where you're watching or looking at whoever's managing your money. And you have to ask yourself the question, okay, what, what is this person's history? What is their story? Where, why did they get into this industry? And remember, I used to have a conversation about, you know, managing and maintaining service for clientele. And let me just use this as an example, because this can be applied to any business. So whether you're in the financial field or whether you're in any other business, you know, that you're in out there, you can apply this to your business. And this is important. So I always used to have people ask me the question, they say, oh, Mike, as you continue to grow, as the firm continues to grow, how are you planning on maintaining the service for clientele? And I said, well, one of the things that we've done is we've looked at the difference of business that is compoundable. In other words, it can kind of add value to people regardless of whether or not I'm there and meet with them or not. And then business that actually takes day-to-day interaction. And let me kind of break that down for you. So so I wrote a book. We were very blessed uh, with that book. It did really well. It became a bestseller on Amazon and, and, and other spots. Retire Once, Retire Well. And great book. And it's a simple, easy read. It's not a complicated book. It's a simple, easy read. But there's, there's something as an example that is a tool that can be created once. And, and you were going to come out with you know new editions and things like that. But it, it can be created once and put out there on the marketplace and it can be bought by the masses, and it doesn't take any additional service from me. It doesn't. It, it's not something where I have to get on the phone, or someone from our team has to get on the phone and have a conversation with each book buyer that buys the book. I mean, that's not realistic. So that's something that you can compound, that you can put out there, etc. On the other side, as far as working with day-to-day clients, one of the things that we've always done, whether it's on the consulting side, consulting business through Wall Lehman, or whether it's through you know the Wall Private Wealth side of actually managing and giving a second opinion on people's wealth, they say, I, geez, I need a second opinion. They come in and we sit down and the team dives in and shows them how they can reduce costs and reduce risk and you know improve their portfolio and protect better against market crashes and all these things. Well, that takes effort. And one of the things that you need to do in in that field, for me anyways, what I did is I said, okay, well, you know what? I only have, our team only has a certain amount of hours in the day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to base our business growth based on time, not based on revenue. There's only one thing that you can't get more of, and that is time. So then, then when you start thinking that way, you have to say, okay, how do I then take and maximize revenue? Because we're not a not-for-profit. You know, I like to make money just like everybody else does. But the reason I like to make money is several reasons. One is I want to take care of my family and my wife and I. We like to do take nice trips and do nice things. But more importantly than that, even now, we want to be involved in really changing the world, moving the needle on these whole sex trafficking thing, Operation Underground Railroad, Place of Hope. Uh, Christ Fellowship, where we go, Life Action, all of these other missions, that that's one of the reasons that I'm passionate about continuing to grow business. And by the way, little side note, if you're in a place in life where you have a business, but you don't have a reason other than just making a lot of money of why you want to grow your business, then you need to press pause, step back, and rethink why you're doing what you're doing. Because at some point in time, the money's not going to do it. At some point in time, you know, you can only have so many cars or have so much this or have so much that. And then when you meet other people in the world that have nothing, people that are in slavery, you step back and you think, you know what, how shallow is it to go buy just another car or another this or another that? Now, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. I love the quote that says materialism is not how much you have. It's how much has you. It's become your God. 
So we kind of got off track there for a little bit, but it's important because when you look at your business in general, you need to make sure that you factor in why you're doing what you're doing and building it realistically. This allows you to maintain that fiduciary status, even if you're not required to have the fiduciary status, because now you're not doing business just for the next sale. You've been fiscally responsible along the way. You've lived beneath your means. You've, you've done what's right for the client every time. And then that client grows your business. And that's a beautiful thing. So the fiduciary role is something that's going away. And unfortunately, Randy, uh, you know, a lot of advisors, quote unquote, out there are in a place where they, they share thought and they give advice to clientele and families based on what is going to make them the most money in the moment. And that is a real, real problem, and that's something you got to watch out for, for sure, to make sure you're not being taken advantage of, number one. And number two, to make sure that you have the best chance for future success to do all that you want to do. Grow your wealth, live the way you want to live, share with others, give to charities, leave a legacy, all of these things. It all starts with basic steps of making sure you're getting advice that dials in specifically to you, and that's important. It is a question that people may not ask when they sit down with a financial advisor, but it might be the very first question that you should ask is, are you a fiduciary? Yeah, you know, Rand, that's a great question to ask. And, you know, one of the things that we've done, you know, I'm a big believer of education. I believe that the right education empowers people to make better decisions. So what I've done is I've had our crew kind of come in and we've done some videos, short, very simple video series going through things that you need to know to make sure that you can retire well. Regardless of where you are in life financially, you need to know these things. And I'm going to challenge you. you. Many of you probably know I have a separate firm, Wall Private Wealth. So you can go to leanonthewall. Again, leanonthewall.com. Leanonthewall.com. And when you go there, at the top of the page, just below the picture, you'll see a place where you can click on Retire Well video series or accessing that video series, Retire Well series. Just click on that link, and it'll ask you for your name and email, just some short information to give you access to those specially designed videos just for folks like you that want to learn more. It's some inside secrets and information that you really need to know to help get to where you want to go. You're going to be able to access it totally free, no cost, but we want to do that because we want you to be educated so you can make better decisions regardless of where you are financially. So, again, leanonthewall.com. Go leanonthewall.com and click on Access the Retire Well series, and you'll be able to be on your way. By the way, this series is going to be updated with new videos ongoing, so they're going to be talking about a variety of different things, things like how to avoid financial salesmen to uh, building a solid financial house to understanding the difference between a fiduciary and a broker, all of these different things, as well as much, much more. Uh, on the Retire Well series. So leanonthewall.com, click on that link and, and sign yourself up to watch the series. You're going to get a lot from it, I know. We're going to come back after this short break and we're going to talk about taxes. You know, here we are just a couple weeks away from tax time, unless you're extending. And what should we be doing to make sure we're maximizing our taxes? And what do, what do people oftentimes huh, want to avoid it? Paul here, just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, 
giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. Helping families grow and protect their wealth. This is The Michael Wall Show. How do we get that success? How do we add value to other people? Very, very important. We talked about the fiduciary role. What does that mean? How does that affect you and your wealth? We talked about that last segment. So, by the way, if you missed those first two segments, I'm going to strongly encourage you. This is your life, not mine. It's yours. I take the time and the effort to share advice that I've learned over 17 years of being in the industry, talking and interacting with other top uh, folks in the industry do a lot of work at, at different places that you're familiar with and New York Stock Exchange and others. And we want to share insight to you so you can change your world and add more value and connect with the right folks to help you get to where you want to go. So go and get your phone out and search Michael Wall Show, Michael Wall Show on your favorite podcast app and subscribe. If you're an Apple user, it's just right there in your podcast app. On your phone, real easy. If you're an Android user, then you have to download some other type of podcast app. Uh, just type in podcast app and you'll get a bunch of them. You download it and then you search Michael Wall Show. Or you can just go to michaelwallshow.com and make it real simple. How about that, Randy? There it is. Very, very easy. So we're talking about this segment. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about taxes and how many of you out there are actually taking income inefficiently. You are not taking it appropriately, and there's a big survey, Randy. I know you went out because you love to read surveys, <laughs> and uh, I know you're sitting there in your recliner after you mm-hmm. play golf on the weekend and finish yeah. up your 18 holes and uh-huh. sit in your leather leather recliner with a uh, with a cold glass drink. of whatever. Yes, and uh, read surveys because you just love to do it. So uh, tell us what you found. All right, so we have a survey here that talks about how people don't want to do their taxes. They hate it. It's painful, and they have a number of things that they would rather do than do their taxes. 47% of taxpayers would rather clean out their garage than prepare <laughs> their taxes. 35% said they'd rather spend lo- spend time in lines at the DMV. That's pretty wow. painful. 22% wow. would rather sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic. This one I couldn't believe. 20% said they'd rather have their teeth drilled than do their taxes. Wow. Wow. That's, I hate going to the dentist. I do too. That's that's yeah. that's painful right there. But Michael, what I mean, many of our listeners have somebody else do this work for them. Yeah. So they're not actually, you know, working with, you know, the the software or sitting there with a pencil. Right. But it's the result. It's the result that comes back to them that's so painful because inevitably they got to write a big check. Well, the key route to, to the doing taxes incorrectly is laziness. That's number one. Number two, how many, uh, just real quick, you said about the DMV. How many would rather stand in line at the DMV? 35%. Wow. Wow. 35% of the, of the people that did this survey in America would rather stand at the, you know what DMV stands for, don't you? What's that? Don't move very much. <laughs> I added the much. <laughs> Yo, you're right. That's what it is. If you want to go somewhere and stand in line and waste a lot of time, go to the DMV. Uh, you know, it's, it is interesting. We do have, in fact, we have professionals that assist us. You know, I've become a certified tax coach myself. So, you know, a lot of times on the private wealth firm, the wall private wealth side, we help folks. Uh, primarily when we're taking a look at taxes on our end, we're taking a look at income taxes and distribution taxes. And when money comes out, how does it come if you're taking income in the most tax efficient, tax favored manner? Because, you know, really taxes come from the income that you get over the year. Or if you sell something, if you sell a business, 
Uh, in fact, I had, a, had an appointment last week from a gentleman that is in the process of wanting to sell a company. And that's part of what we do in the consulting business as well as helping people minimize taxation on the sale of the business and transition it well. That's also important too. So if you're out there, by the way, and you have a business and you're thinking about selling it or you want to sell it, you know, or just want it to be, become more efficient, then I'm going to challenge you to reach out to us. Just go to leanonthewall.com and click on request my review down at the bottom of the page. So leanonthewall.com, request my review, and you'll have the ability. And just type in there your name, email, and comments. Hey, I got a question about, you know, saving money in taxes on my business or selling my company or whatever it may be. And, you know, one of the, one of the reasons this is important, Randy, um, in, in looking at business owners, looking at taxes, I know we were talking off air about your father-in-law paying yeah. a lot of money in taxes. I mean, he was retired. Retired. You know, he had a pension at Social Security. He had, you know, all of his holdings and everything. And he was writing a huge check every year. Yeah. And you think that when you stop working, you're going to pay less taxes, but it's not the case at all. Well, it isn't the case. And, you know, one of the things when we talk and work with a lot of different professionals that assist us and kind of help clients with as well, one of the things that, that our team talks about is the idea of efficiently, as I mentioned before, taking income. So so when is the best time? Here's a question. When is the best time to make sure you're paying the least amount of taxes as possible? When is the best time to make sure you're paying the least amount of taxes as possible? And the answer to that question is as soon as possible, okay? Because if you're in a place where you're either retired or you're going to retire or you're kind of just in your working years now, think about it like this. Let's say you step on a nail, right? You step on a nail and it's really, really small and you're able to get, God forbid, the thing goes in your foot a little bit. You're able to get the, the, the most of the nail out, but when you take it out, it's kind of old and rusty and a little bit of the tip of that nail breaks off. So here you are, and you're walking around, and you got a little tip of a rusty nail in your foot because when you pulled it out, it broke off. So the question is, when is the best time to get that rusty tip out of your foot? Right now. Right now. Because if you let that thing in there, it's going to fester. It's going to create more disease. It's going to create infection. And all of these different things, it could become a real, real big problem. You know, the rust gets into your bloodstream, all of these things that could occur. And so now we're in a place where we say, okay, we know that's the case. We're walking on it every day. It's uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable. And so we say, we need to go and get this done immediately. The problem with most folks, most people, most families, most individuals when they look at their taxes, is it's not something that they feel pain with every single day when they're walking like the rusty nail on the foot. This is something where they maybe only see once a year or maybe four times a year. And so because it is not readily in front of them, they don't pay attention to it like they should. And then all of a sudden when the time comes that they have to actually pay taxes, it's too late. So what they need to do instead of just griping and complaining about how much I had to pay this year is say, okay, I need to be proactive here. And I need to literally be in a place where I'm saying, how can I strategize next year? If you're retired and you've got a portfolio and you're taking income, the question is, how do I move my investments into a place where they are either tax favored or more tax friendly over time? As you're listening to this, you got to know that if you build your wealth over time, that's great. But if all you do is build wealth that is taxable in the future, you're literally in a place where you're building the government's portion of your wealth. Let me say that again. If all you do is grow money in a taxable account that's deferred, like an IRA, 401k, you know, all of these other types of accounts, 
over time, and all you want to do is just grow it, and you don't do any tax planning on it, hear me now, tune in if you've tuned away for a minute, and you don't do any tax planning on that portfolio, you are literally in a place where you are growing the government's portion. Now, the question that I have for you is, how much do you love the government? Because if you love the government, then you'll grow their portion. But if you don't love the government, then you will proactively take steps to not do that. And, I, and I, you know, listen, I don't mind paying taxes, but I want to pay the least amount of taxes as possible. And so that's why proactive planning is necessary. Now, a lot of people think, Randy, that their CPAs, some of them are very good out there. Some of them are not so good. But a lot of people think that their CPAs are the folks that are the ones responsible for really dialing in and giving advanced tax planning on a portfolio, on the wealth that you have? And the answer is they're not. That's not their job. A CPA in a lot of ways can bring advice and value for sure, but most of the time CPAs, when you think about it, are historians. What did you spend last year? What did you make last year? What did you do last year? Why did you send these $300 million over to, uh, uh, you know, a foreign country last year? <laughs> I'm kidding. But at the end of the day, they're historians in a lot of ways. So they're, they're looking at the previous year and saying, okay, well, wait a minute. Uh, this is what you owe. This is what you pay. Maybe we can tweak this. Maybe we can tweak that. But there's not a lot of massive tweaks in the overall structure because that's not really what they do. And most CPAs are in a place where they're doing tax returns by mass. You talk to any CPA that's successful and you ask them or try and find them, really, from January to April 15th, they're almost hard to find. And the reason is, is because they're so stinking busy doing returns. So they're not literally in a place while they're doing those returns where they have a lot of time to really think outside the box, sit down in a boutique manner and share advice and value. And if that resonates with you, as I'm sharing this with you, I want you to be proactive in your own situation and take steps to say, wait a minute, press pause. How can I change what I'm doing? Now, for the clients that we serve, which we have a minimum that's a million and above on the wall private wealth firm, and then we have a $25 million uh, private wealth division and then a pro athlete division, on that side of life, we talk about complimentary for clients that we're working with as we help them as they come in for a second opinion. We help them with that tax planning idea and align them with the correct professionals to help them get to where they want to go. Listen, taxes is something that I've struggled with over the years, and we always want to be in a place where we're maximizing that so we can minimize the amount of taxes. I would rather give that extra money to some organization that can go add a bunch of value, whatever charity you're passionate about, go add a bunch of value to people in a real way. And Randy, that I think is, is what causes people to not do a whole lot. Number one, they don't know where to go. You know, a lot of people don't know what to do because they don't know what's available. I always say that. It's very important. Number two, they're lazy. They're just used to doing what you're always done. And change doesn't happen unless we take steps to make change. And that's the bottom line. So, so with your father-in-law as an example, you know, that's something that maybe we dial in and talk about because nothing will change unless something changes. Yeah, I'm looking at my favorite quote about taxes. You've ever heard of the, the, the judge learned hand? Very old guy. Back in the 1800s, he says... Anyone may arrange his affairs so that his taxes may be as low as possible. There is not even a patriotic duty to increase one's taxes or public duty to pay more than the law demands. Wow. <laughs> Wise words. That is powerful. Well, hey, we've talked about a lot of things, talking about taxes, talking about the fiduciary rule, talking about taking an idea to success, all good stuff. But we got to take another quick break, and we're going to come back after this and talk about what... 
kind of advice should you give yourself if you were to go back and change? If you're older and younger, what type of advice would you give yourself? Good news is we can all do this regardless of the stage of life that we're in because we should always be looking to try and improve where we are and the world around us every step of the way. So stay tuned. We'll be back. Are you concerned with all the uncertainty that's happening in our country today and how it will affect your finances? Hi, I'm Michael Wall, founder of Wall Private Wealth and the host of The Michael Wall Show. I've written a simple, easy-to-read book that can help you cut through the nonsense of the financial world as well as empower you on how to make better financial decisions. Be a better steward of your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com right now to get your copy. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. Catch up on previous episodes at michaelwallshow.com. Now, back to the show. We have a, an interesting question for you. Michael, I saw the commercial not too long ago, and you've probably seen this one as well. Guy's on yeah. a plane, and he's walking through first <laughs> class, and mm-hmm. he sees an older version of himself right. sitting in first class. Okay. And he looks, and he starts a conversation with his older self, and the older self congratulates the younger self and saying, because you're going back to coach, it enables me, you, to sit in first class later in life. Wow, yeah. Kind Delayed of gratification, yeah. right? So I, I want to have you kind of ask that question. I'm sure that you have people who come in to you and say, geez, I wish I had come in here 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, advice, if you could go back in time and give your younger self advice, financial advice, what yep. would it be? What do you say? Well, you know, a couple things on that. It's, it is interesting. It's kind of twofold. So I have folks that we work with uh, that are older than me a lot of times. Um, and, uh, and, and yet myself, I'm in the game. I've been in the game 17 years, you know, I'm 40 years old as I, as we're airing this now. And, you know, I've been in the game, financial game 17 years. So I've had the opportunity to kind of build and grow in a lot of ways. And it's, it's an interesting thought because you're exactly right. You know, one of the things that I learned over the years is making sure that I made the decisions that set us up for the future opportunity. And by that, I mean, you know, and, and I think this applies to everything that we're doing in life. And as you're listening to this, uh, I want you to think about this, whether it's directly related to your wealth, specifically how it's managed and how you can do it better, or whether it's to your life, you know, whether it be health, interacting with kids, grandkids, whatever, regardless of the stage that you're in. And and what's interesting is what I would say is I look back, if you're talking to some, anybody in general, is make decisions, even if you're even if you're in a place where you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, you, you very well may, depending on your life expectancy and health and everything else like that, you very well may live another 20, 30 years. Easy. Potentially. You never know. And if that's the case, you know, don't look at it as a, well, I'm 60 or I'm 70 and I'm kind of past that point. No, no, no. Look at it and say, okay, what have I learned in the history and what do I need to do? And what do I need to change? And don't fall into the rut of just doing the same thing. For those that are younger, I would look at your life as saying, okay, don't worry about the net, net income total result today with what you're doing make the effort to focus on where you think or where you want to go and if you don't know the answer to that you really need to dial that in and be in a place where you take steps to get to where you want to go if you're older and you have wealth a significant amount of wealth you got to be in a place where you say okay where do I want to be 20 years from now 30 years from now my family even when I'm not here anymore what does it look like and take the steps proactively to put in place the planning on the portfolio to make that happen. And just in life in general, staying healthier, eating better. You know, you don't all of a sudden show up and you're 200 pounds overweight. 
And that's because you've eaten things you shouldn't have eaten. I love what Zig says. I never accidentally ate anything. <laughs> so if I'm overweight, I've chosen to be overweight. If, we, if we're healthy, it's because we've chosen to be healthy. So it's consistent actions over time. You know, Randy, I actually had a conversation in, in a studio of Sammy Hagar. You know this. And a great guy. I was one of those, the lead singer for Van Halen for a long time. And I asked him just that question. So as an added bonus to our listeners here, I want to dial that in and, and share that quick uh, question of what would you do, Sammy? And I'll let you play that now, Randy. If you had to look back at Sammy when Sammy was 25 or 30 and give Sammy some advice, what would you say to Sammy? Whew. You know, that's completely a tough question because... Uh, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot, but I yeah, know you're good at it. Yeah, but because I'd say keep doing what you're doing hmm. because it really did work out good for me. You know, mm-hmm. all the chances I took, whew, man, I'm so lucky. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even go back and say some of the mistakes I made, you know, uh, they just, it was good. Like you, you, know? you learn from them, right? Yeah, you really yeah. do. And in, in a, you have to get out of a situation. And sometimes it's like the angels are going, damn, we're going to have to hit this guy over the head. He just ain't going <laughs> to, he ain't going to get out of this marriage or, yeah. or he's not going to get out of this band, you know, because yeah. getting out of Van Halen, for instance, mm. you know, at the time was devastating to me. I thought, what? This is horrible. Yeah. You know, I'm in the biggest band in the world. I wasn't happy. And my wife was, she once again was always saying to me, look, honey, you know, I, you're going to quit or, or they're going to kick you out because <laughs> you're just not cooperating. You know, you're, you're really not happy in this band and uh, they, they want to, be what they want to be and you you need to just and i'm going no i can't quit this man are you crazy you know i get thrown out i'm devastated and i and and i had cobble wobble in my hand and i said oh well i'm gonna go down to cabo and just party and and figure out what i want to do and and blah 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 and and i ended up building a brand that i would have never done in van halen yeah, so Randy, what a great interview. And um, again, just to repreface that, that was Sammy Hagar. He was, uh, obviously, many of you know that name, the Red Rocker, he's called. He's been very successful over the years. He's a lead singer for Van Halen for a long time and uh, just done a lot of things on his own. You know, actually built the the Cabo Wabo brand and, and sold that uh, tequila anyways for about $250 million, some other things in general. But w- what I thought was interesting, and of course, that's a that's a longer interview. So if you want to hear more of that interview, uh, we can get that to you. A little bonus. We'll probably add it in a, in a show upcoming again. We've had some requests for that. Just reach out to us at uh, on Facebook. Actually, it's probably the easiest. Just go to Michael Wall Show on Facebook and uh, say, hey, I'd love to hear the rest of that interview because we have some clips where I'm walking through and looking at this car collection and some different things. Kind of cool. But one of the things that I that I heard him say when I was there, and he didn't preface this before a little bit in, in that particular question that I asked him, but he did in other parts of the interview. And one of the things that he talked about is is having people in his life that help him with things that he's just not that good at. Now, we did talk about making mistakes, and sometimes those mistakes he mentioned came from uh, people giving advice in his life that he knew he probably should take, but he just said, nah, I got this. I'm just going to do it the way I should. I'm gonna, I want to do it. And that's where he ended up having problems. That's where he ended up making those mistakes and had to walk through it. Of course, he learned a lot from those things. But, you know, when it comes to life in general, if we can avoid those mistakes by getting good advice, we're going to be in a place where we can get to our destination a lot, lot faster. So I think that's really important as we evaluate our overall life is what are we doing to actively pursue? Here's a good question that you need to ask yourself. What are you doing to actively, not passively, but what are you doing to actively pursue good advice in your life in all aspects? You know, we all can relate to the idea of health and know that what, we know what we should do to get healthy, 
but yet we don't implement it. You know, we all know what to do in some areas and different areas of our life to kind of get us where we want to go, but we don't implement these things. And, you know, if we're in a place where the old definition of insanity, if we're in a place where we're doing something and we say, okay, if I just do more of the same thing and I expect and I'm expecting different results, well, it's not going to happen. So we must do something differently. If you're in a place with your wealth where you lost a bunch of money in 2008 and you're expecting that the next market crash when it occurs, and I believe it's going to be sometime uh, sooner than later, when that happens uh, and you're expecting a different result, you're, you're not facing reality. You've got to do something differently. You've got to change the way you do what you do. If you want to get healthier and you had somebody helping you with your health and you haven't gotten really to where you want to go, then you need to change what you're doing. Find a different health coach. Find someone else in your life to help you get to where you want to go. If you want to get smarter or wiser about a topic, you take time and you study more or you read more or you listen to things like this show each and every week so you can dial in and become more educated. So it takes effort and takes steps. But, you know, I, I love what Sammy said. He looks back and he says, you know, I got advice I uh, got some things, and I, I, I wouldn't really change a whole lot because I learned so much along the way. But now he admits that he's much wiser, and he's making choices and decisions because he understands the impact of time and, quite honestly, the shortness of time in life. So there we are. You've joined us and stayed with us for another great show this week, talking about a lot of information to help you get to where you want to go in life, be a better person, live with purpose, and live on purpose. I want to challenge you to dial in each and every week, and I want to ask you a favor. To do one other thing, we're spending time, effort to share value to you. Make an effort to share this show with two or three people that you know this week that can subscribe to the podcast and let them have the same value that you've received so they can improve their life as well. And as a community, we can all make a huge impact and really move the needle for positive things in the world. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll dial back in with you next week. Have a great week. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than what originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Financial Group, Inc.